Alright, good afternoon everybody and welcome to the fifth episode of the show where we talk about anything and everything about LND. This is the Trainer's Lounge presented by Circological Group and CLDP Philippines. Alright, Ed, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon again and uh, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, for, uh, well, basically uh, following us here on our show and uh, well don't forget to always like and well subscribe to our youtube channel you can find our videos there uh, under the circological group youtube channel and also don't forget to follow our pages on facebook you can check a circological group and also cldp philippines all right uh today's episode is uh Timely. Uh, that's what I could say about it. It's timely because uh, since the pandemic hit us, uh, every industry had to adjust in some ways. And well, in the L&D industry, we had to adopt or to adapt to another uh, type of setup when it comes to training and developing uh, our employees, our teams, or our companies. And uh, today's topic is all about diverse classrooms right so how can you develop and how can you train in a diverse and hyper distributed classroom setups and today helping me discuss the topics and questions about this new trend is a very special friend of mine all right let's uh, go ahead and check who our guest is for today so at current, he is the Talent Development Head of Tata Consultancy Services, Philippines Incorporated, and he is affiliated or accredited in the following certifications. He is a Chartered Professional in Human Resources and also a Certified Learning and Development Professional. He is also a uh, Lean Six Sigma Green Belter. And at current, uh, he's had uh 14 years wow that's quite long he's had 14 years of experience uh, when it comes to training and developing companies and at the same time he has a well overall of 19 years of uh, bpo experience or training and uh well working in the bpo industry wow that's quite long <laughs> so he's been uh, living and working locally here in the philippines and he, he was able to share his expertise and his knowledge with uh, Filipino employees and also uh, he developed and helped them become more aware in the workplace etiquettes and well basically training and he also lives with his mom and his pup Bucky oh that's so cute so he is a fur parent just like me <laughs> who he considers is their lifeline all right without further ado Let's welcome Mr. Abhishek Chatterjee. All right, Mr. Abby, are you there? Hi, Kevin. Oh, there you go, there you go. Kevin, I'm not able to hear you. Oh, there you go, there you go. Sorry, I apologize. I was uh, muted on my end. <laughs> All right, well, technology, technology. <laughs> All right, well, good afternoon again, and welcome to the Trainer's Lounge. How are you doing? I am doing well, thank God that I'm breathing and I'm able to talk to you. And I'm here safe at my home right now. Work from home is the new norm. As yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing well. Doing well. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, well, we need to be thankful because, uh, well, even though it's been a year almost, uh, 
the the threat of this pandemic is still it's still out there, right? It's still evident. And yeah, uh, a lot of companies turned or transitioned into work from home setups, and for us trainers, that meant uh, adjusting as well. <laughs> well, a lot of adjustments. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Trainers uh, mm-hmm. did virtual training, you know, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, we were talking about it during our CLDP program also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Garcia, that we always did. It's not that we did not do it, especially the BPOs, you know, uh, the IT teams. So there were virtual classroom trainings that happened. But to the extent that it has to happen now, which is like every day, every hour of the day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that is something none of us were really ready for so it's a huge adjustment to make yeah i know well i hope you can share with us today uh your experience and your expertise in handling uh, uh different kinds of classroom especially in uh the setup that we are in right now and uh well let's get into it well before uh, before we go further on how you handle things let's discuss first maybe uh what are the new terms or what are the new things about the setups that we have for training so uh when we say diverse classroom what do you usually mean by that oh great i think that's a perfect uh question to start with mm-hmm. because now what has happened is that you cannot decide whom you're going to train I mean, not that you could decide earlier also, but <laughs> earlier you know that you are going to physically train certain people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. You have a class of 10, you can only have a class of 20, max 25, 30, 50, right? As many that as many as those who can fit in a room. So it's, it's actually given to the capacity of the room, the seating capacity of the room. Yeah, well, how many are seated? That's, well, you, you already know, right? Correct. Now, Kevin, there is no capacity of the room. There's a virtual classroom. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I think I think Zoom has a capacity of a thousand users at one it call. Does. Does. I think it I think does. it's I think that's the, the maximum. Business, yeah, yeah. The business, the the cost-oriented model, the free model, I think has a capacity for thirty thirty-five. I think that's the limit that it mm-hmm. has. However. The businesses are acquiring these licenses for you know the virtual platforms, and they want to utilize one training and have multiple people join in, so that in one go you're able to cover a lot of people. Yeah. Now what's happening is that previously, if for example Kevin was training and Kevin would be training a group of 20, 25 people within Manila in the classroom, right, physical classroom. In the virtual classroom, what's happening is Kevin could be training somebody from Cebu, somebody from Manila, some people from Visayas more, and more from Car region. You know, so it's so diverse right now. And for all you know, Circalogica again, or going back to CLDP, they're all international groups. You could be training somebody sitting in the UK who wants to attend during this time. Yeah. You could be training somebody in India who wants to attend during this time. So diverse classroom is the norm now. You cannot a trainer cannot really go prepared by thinking, ah, you know, okay, so I'll be cracking jokes about, let's say, celebrities from Visayas only, celebrities from Philippines only. No, you don't have to think about your the diversity in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So the geographical diversity is really one of the 
one of the aspects. It's not even all of it. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, Especially, I'm. Yeah. I mean, before when we say diverse classroom, we're talking about the different styles of the learners inside the classroom, right? In one city. Yeah. But now yeah. you also have to consider the geography of the learners, right? Because the access to the internet or, well, yeah, basically the web gives us the opportunity to connect real-time even though we're not together in one room. So now, uh, in, in training setup, when we say diverse, we not only have to consider our, well, the, the the classroom's profile per se, like if they're uh, old, if they're new, uh, if they're from this certain culture, but you also have to consider now their location. Correct. You know, previously diverse was all about the experience that they have, mm-hmm. the learning styles that they have. Uh, or probably it could just be uh, the fact that, you know, the diversity in education that they've had. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but now, Diversity has gone beyond that. I I also consider the diversity of um, um, uh, you know of different genders and all. But I really feel I, I think that conversation is going to be soon very passing because now we are going to move into larger diversity here, wherein a trainer is going to get into really the challenging zone of how do you get the message across without using one particular language without using reference to one particular culture how when worse are you about the world about the planet is really the challenge for trainers now yeah 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 and that was actually one of the key things that we talked about with mr alvin before in our uh, episode with him where we talked about inclusion right so once you once you start considering diversity you now have to consider inclusion where sure. every where everyone is treated fairly and uh, uh i think even the location is now considered <laughs> you have to include people who cannot be physically with you or be with you during your training or during your talent uh, development yeah. uh, and also you mentioned a new term that uh, admittedly it was quite new to me right uh, it's called hyper distributed classroom so what is that let, let us uh, let let the audience know what is that. So, so to my fellow CLVB uh, friends who are here and to Kevin, this term has been actually used a lot and uh, it's been used for a long time now. Where is it used usually? It's used in the IT sector mm. or any creative sector, designing sector, development sector, where the team is not located centrally. I so see. You know, What's mm-hmm. happening is that now this is happening with everyone. Now this is becoming the structure of every team. Previously what would happen, so I'll give you an example. There is a company which is a large giant who used the search engine of that large, large giant, okay, mm-hmm. without taking the names. So we use the search engine a lot, all of us do that. That company had actually set the norm of hyper-distributivity mm. because they would have one project and would have 10 team members. Those 10 team members are working out of probably five countries. Okay. So none of them have physically met each, each other. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all working towards the one project that they will achieve. Mm. So the term largely comes from Agile, Agile Scrum, 
So as you know, scrums are different types and agile methodology, which is the your project management, product development methodology, mm -hmm. uh, which has taken over from the waterfall methodology, which used to be more uh, regressive methodology of developing products. And agile is now becoming a, a framework that is being followed by companies across the globe, especially during the 2020 pandemic. It's such a fortunate thing if a company had already adapted to agile methodology, if they were already talking about agile methodology. So a few companies, few organizations did that. A lot of BPOs did that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, those who did not do that, they had to adopt to agile methodology. So agile talks about you don't have to be present at the same place. You don't have to necessarily be together and centrally located. Mm -hmm. You have to understand the customer. You have to be flexible. You have to be adaptable. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that the customer is the king, definitely. <laughs> but the market yeah. is mightier. Uh, market see. is mightier. And the team needs to be self-organized, Kevin. That's the beauty of a giant methodology. The team decides what they want to do. So Kevin, Abhishek, Jeff, Alvin, they will not be told what they have to do. They will pick the task they will do to achieve the end goal. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. Self-organized, hyper-distributed teams. Now, what's happening in the classrooms is that the trainer is getting team members or the trainees in the classroom who are hyper-distributed. So while they're all learning the same course, they're all learning the same team. Yeah. So this could be a course for one month, this could be a course for three days, four days, two days, but they're all learning together in different time zone. Well, uh, I think uh, it is quite new in a sense that a lot of companies haven't experienced, you know, working in different places or having their employees working from different places. But yeah, in the BPO industry, it's quite normal. Teams can connect uh, even from other countries. But yeah, when when the Philippines was hit with the lockdown or yeah, when, when everyone was forced to go home and work there, it, it was a new concept for a lot of companies, right? So can we consider still a small company whose uh, employees... Well, they are located within the same region, but yeah, but they don't physically meet each other. Can we still consider them as hyper-distributed classrooms? Yes, they could be. So if they are, uh, let's say they're all they're all in Manila, but they're not meeting each other, mm -hmm. and they're all staying in different homes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Ah, Absolutely. I see. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that 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 has now become the new norm. Well, for a lot of companies, if not all, but still. Um, I remember when I was teach, I, I I was a still I was still a teacher when the pandemic hit, and well I'm used to teaching inside a classroom, right? Uh, facing all of the students uh, in one classroom. And when the pandemic hit back then, uh, we had to go home because well it, it, we were forced to. Now the challenge was how should I teach these students within their homes? And the internet was there to save us all, but still we had. To adjust to a lot of things <laughs> true. we had to adjust to a lot of things and when I transitioned into corporate training to uh, teaching in the corporate setup 
I had a bit of an experience because I was teaching, as I said, but still, it was different. Uh, I, I'm still used to the face-to-face -face setup, and when things went, you know, when things went down, uh, I was forced to adapt as well. So, at least it's now better for us to understand what are the different things or how can we identify if we are uh, in a hyper-distributed classroom. Alright, well, up next... We also have to consider or we have to discuss w the concept of virtual classrooms, right? Um, a lot of people think that virtual classrooms are a new thing, but is it true or false? Is the, is the concept of virtual classroom new? So the virtual classroom, okay, I'm, I'm going to take it from here. I'm going to say that have we connected virtually with each other? in 2005 over a skype chat yes did we connect uh, virtually with each other over a yahoo chat a video right yeah yeah or we would have done a google hangout i think that's what it is known as now yeah which you put there earlier as well right so a lot of this existed uh, mm -hmm. Virtual is nothing but the cyberspace, right? Yeah. So when you connect uh, through the side cyberspace and utilize that digital connection and do either a video or a voice chat. Now, what took over the industry, uh, I'm talking about all the industries mm -hmm. where the virtual connection or virtual conferences were utilized, was primarily the WebEx. I'm not sure if you're aware of the Cisco WebEx, right? Uh, so Cisco uh -huh. WebEx, yeah. So Cisco developed amazing platform for virtual connection, and Microsoft, of course, was not left behind because Skype was now moving to Link. So they were calling it Link, and Link got very popular. When these two reset the standards by 2013, they had set pretty good standards and uh, very very popular two tools that were there. Nobody really thought that you will be connecting every hour, every day. Again, what I said is, we were not ready for making virtual as part of our lives. So a lot of freelance work happened. A lot of client connects will happen. Mm -hmm. And people used to connect for daily meeting or maybe a weekly meeting, maybe a monthly meeting. Classroom sessions would happen only on client request or wherever, you know, you had to again train some hyper-distributed teams or some virtual teams. So virtual sessions would happen on request. Now what has happened and what is virtual classrooms? Why is it a big thing? The big thing is that now we don't have physical classrooms. I think the only physical classroom training that I've heard of in the last one year and which was mandated was the first state training. Mm -hmm. by a Red Cross, you know, so the Red Cross team was um, was very particular and they're right because they said there's no way that we can move it virtually. We had to do foundation level training virtually, but most of it is physical. Rest, everything, Kevin, has been moved to the virtual classroom. So move to the virtual classroom. <clears throat> so what is the difference? Sorry about that. Now, in a physical classroom, a trainer would typically walk in greet, sometimes shake hands, may not shake hands, smile, you know, talk, look at the class. Before the trainers, trainees come in, 
our trainer had the you know the liberty of arranging the class in a certain way you also arrange the seating in your you know classroom virtual classroom you don't have that liberty in virtual classroom your connect is only through what you see in the cyberspace and how you're connecting with each other there is no shaking of hands there is no little chit chat that you could do in the virtual classroom so to adopt to the virtual classroom where you click the button you wait for your trainees you look at them you set up your own house your own space as a classroom you know there are many things going on there are so many distractions now at home if you if you know if you're, you're at home to work from home is not an easy thing <laughs> i remember one of my trainer friends saying you know the most distracting thing at home the bed <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so, not only a distraction but i think it's a temptation as well <laughs> <laughs> but yeah 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 i i, I kind of i kind of understand that <laughs> But uh, well, yeah. As you mentioned, the virtual classroom has been around for quite a while, right? As long as we are connected in the cyberspace, it is it or learning together. Also, uh, it can be considered as a virtual classroom. But maybe can we point out some of the things that are different now? Yeah, yeah, sure. See, uh, the biggest difference, as I said, is now you have to set up. Earlier, virtual classroom was done from the office to the office. Mm-hmm. it was not expected to be done from home home you know so you would go to the office and typically office will have one conference room or it will have a video conference room or you would be required to uh, have a camera connected to your laptop or your desktop right if you remember the days when uh, the desktops would have these webcams separate webcams will be provided so there are separate desktop setups that will be done in the office for these virtual classroom sessions In fact, why should we go so far? I think those who are from DPOs uh, here, from call centers here, they know that virtual connect classrooms have been there since almost 20 years now, Kevin. Because uh, DPO industry is pretty old; it's more older than 20 years, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been working for 90 years plus DPOs, and uh, we've had separate rooms which are dedicated to client conferences, client trainings, and the client is. Probably your client is in North America right now, and it's night time, and you know yeah. you want to set up training. Uh, the client could be UK, the client could be Australia, right? Different time uh, zones. All different time zones, different time zones, and client trainings were also done virtually, client uh, Kevin, because cost effectiveness. It's yeah, it's very ex- ex- it's very expensive to fly a trainer from one location yeah. or from one country to another country, mm-hmm. just yeah. for a single session. Just for a single session, you know, and if you have to, sometimes you have to only train ten people, and think, oh, ten people can be trained virtually. Why do we have to travel there? And then everything was available even then. So the technology is not new. Technology is not new. The level of investment that we are doing now is certainly new. The care that we have to do now is certainly new. And the, you know, the aspect of um, working from home and Everyone working from home. Previously, we would only have a handful of people who would work from home, who were freelancers, or uh, you know, work from home moms, or work from home dads, mm-hmm, or uh, you know, people who were taking care of the elders and decided to work from home. 
so the companies would make provision for them or if i may say so some pwgs right uh, mm-hmm. who would be planning to work from home now welcome to their world everybody <laughs> is in the lockdown and working from home but it's you don't have a dedicated video conference room in the house you don't have a dedicated conference room in the house forget about video conference right so what do you do because you have to train as a trainer you know you your people want to see you and you have to be very very particular about being seen because trainees get that experience when they see you that's a connect that happens if you don't see your trainer you might get distracted and there's a higher possibility and actually it's more challenging to attain and retain the focus of your trainees in the virtual classroom than in the real classroom ah uh, yeah 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 i i i agree with you with that 100% <laughs> so the basic thing that i need to take care of as a trainer is i need to make sure that i am seen i need to be ready and i to understand and embrace the technology i have to embrace the technology yeah do i have a choice no i have a choice don't do it <laughs> but and if you have to do it then embrace it yeah it's as simple as that all right well thank you so much for that well yeah uh, virtual classrooms are quite old well in terms of industry wise it's quite old yeah it's it's been around for quite some time but uh, i think people's uh, interpretation about it has changed as well uh, or maybe their uh, level of knowledge as well because they didn't experience it uh, for when they were working before they probably they've been working in the same company for a few years and haven't experienced doing a virtual classroom setup right so yeah it, it is there it, it's not new however the level of necessity for it or the need for it has increased all right um well speaking of uh, which i think uh, the diversity in in the classroom has been affecting uh, virtual classrooms or well ba- basically they go hand in hand uh, mm. but how can we fully identify what is diversity in a classroom or in a virtual classroom as well well so um if you talk about diversity in the classroom or in virtual classroom first of all you have to understand um you are the subject matter expert of the program that you're going to present right mm-hmm. you have to understand that you're functionally strong you have to comprehend the knowledge level first so functionality is very important why am i talking about it if i'll come to the point because if you are not functionally strong and if you are not well aware of the diversity then there are two credibility errors you are going to make as a trainer so it's it's going to be a big face loss you know mm-hmm. so before you go for your program and prepare for a- anything else in the virtual classroom and get too bothered about the diversity i would always recommend the trainers to prepare for the session well mm-hmm. functionally be ready be credible now when you are preparing your content yes you have to think about diversity so what kind of diversity can you get 
you have been if you if it's your first session and you have not done this session before you have to understand who could be your audience who could be your audience that you're talking to it's very important because remember a trainer is as good or as bad a sales person can be of a particular company because you are talking about a product a technology a behavior a, you know a theme you are selling it to the trainers so your credibility and understanding of that product is very important mm-hmm. or that uh, knowledge base of that uh, session is very very important the other thing you need to know is who's your audience because you cannot sell without knowing your audience so registrations that happen kevin the biases can also come in so here's my tip to the trainers don't set any biases okay uh... i know there are trainers who would look at the registration look at the last names and think oh this person is from here so that generalization comes into play so even before i am thinking of complementing to the diversity that i would have in my room as uh, at a subconscious level i'm already working on generalizing them <laughs> i look at a name which is um you know probably uh, more Chinese in origin and I think oh this is a person from China or from that region and for all you know he's been living <laughs> yeah he's, he's been living there locally for quite a while yeah, he or she has been living in Philippines for as long as like 120 years <laughs> their family was made and born here <laughs> yeah 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 i see i i'll tell you my personal thought here my personal mm-hmm. I started training in Philippines so you know I'm I'm pretty new to Philippines I still say that uh I love Lechon I love Lambano you know but I think I'm still getting to know Philippines Well well, uh, well just for just for our audience uh, information how long have you been training here in the Philippines It's been 6 years now 6 years Well mm. Okay okay Well, you know, I mean, a year it takes at least a year to settle down and adapt and you know, grapple in the dark. And then another year where you're really trying out everything that you've learned and another year. So I really think this is my uh, not my advanced year, not my intermediate year. I still feel I'm at the foundation layer, you know. Um I give myself that credit that I still learn. So going back to the story. Yes, yes. So I was pretty new here and uh, As always, I had the uh, registrant list in my hand, so participants had registered. I had the list, and as every meticulous trainer would do, you get the list and you ensure who are your audiences. You send them the invite <laughs> for the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While you get the name, I saw the name, and there were two names that were Indian, and I thought that, wow, okay, so I have two Indians in the session. That's that's surprising. uh because we don't have too many employees from india here and i was thinking okay that's going to be easy hey that's going to be good so when i start when i when i went to the training room it was it was not a virtual training room it was physical training room and i had a lot of people walking and i was saying hello to everyone and uh, i was waiting for the indians to walk in you know so i saw two people who looked more indian but they were talking in tagalog <laughs> and guess what that's what it was they were actually filipinos so when i asked them hey so are you from india and they said 
No, you're from Philippines. Both of them have been in Philippines for as long as, as I said, you know, they said from centuries they've been here. Uh, their great, great, great grandfather had come here and, uh, you know, they were all born here. Their parents were born here. So it, it does not really help. It did not help me. It did not help me. And thankfully that by that time and as a nature, I, I was okay with it. I, I was fine because I wasn't really, I wasn't really expecting a lot. I prepared. How did I prepare myself when I came to Philippines? Is actually how I really learned to understand diversity. Mm. So India, as you know, India is, is a country with diverse cultures within itself. You know, uh, I say India is not one nation. India is not one word, one one language. India is many languages. India is many cultures together. So diversity is almost um, fed into our system. So it's something that we are born with. So you know that you'll be talking to a person from the south of India, from the north of India, and from the central of India. And guess what, Kevin? All of them speak different languages. All of them. So my neighborhood was like that, you know. So my neighbor this side was from the south, my neighborhood this side was from north. I am from the Northeast, mm -hmm. uh, typically the language that I speak in India. So it's, it's pretty easy and we think we are very adaptive. And I, I think we are. I think we certainly feel that we are. But when you come to Philippines, you know, you should not expect anything. You should not generalize. Because what you read online and what you see here is so different. You read Philippines is all fine. You read Philippines is only beaches. When you come here, you realize, Kevin, I've had sessions where I was crying in the classroom. Wow. And why? Because when you ask people, so what has been your uh, most touching moment or a moment you can never forget? And imagine a trainee who walks in and talks about how their family struggled during the Mount Pinatubo, you know, the eruption that happened. Yeah, the eruption back in the 90s. Yeah the 90s and uh, how they had to run and this girl was a little child at that time and they had to rush and run and leaving everything behind and how you know she lost a pet during that time i still remember it and still you know i get goosebumps when i talk about it so every culture every nation every human being has their own story that's one of the diversities we have to be very cognizant about. Diversity is the fact, diversity is actually uniformity. So what is uniform here? The uniform rule of the universe is we will all have our own story. Mm, wow, that's kind of deep, wow. <laughs> But it's but it's true if you look at it, you know. Yeah, yeah, we do have, in one way or another, we have our differences. You can't expect yeah. two persons to be exactly the same. Even twins have, you know, uh, differences. It's true. true. I see. I see. So it's so, uh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. So I was just saying that. So instead of thinking about the differences of these people, why not treat them as one? Right? Why not treat them fairly? Why not treat uh, Why not treat them the same way you would treat someone else? Right? 
So instead of focusing on the diversity, it's kind of ironic, but yeah, instead of focusing on the diversity, why not focus on how you can handle them as one, how you can treat them fairly as one. True. What would you not want to say to yourself in the classroom and coach mm-hmm. yourself is exactly what you should do. Respect for the individual is one of the key mantras that we all follow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it should be our mantra for life. Because if you respect, you will respect at all levels. You will be an egalitarian. You will not be hierarchical. Today, a lot of times it happens when a trainer is training and a senior leader is part of that training session as a participant. And you know, some trainers get very conscious. Here's my tip. That is also managing diversity. You have people who are reporting to that senior leader within that same classroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have these senior leaders who are also in that classroom. So what will you discuss and what will you not discuss? You have to be very, very careful about that. At the same time, mm-hmm. remember you are the leader at that time. So you have to make sure that you even lead them with provoking the right thoughts okay. and not some wrong thoughts. For example, don't joke. Don't joke in front of that senior leader about, uh, you know, we should get salary if my performance is good. Okay. What have you done? You bring, you brought your level down in the classroom by saying that and you gave that senior leader an upper hand A. B, that senior leader is kind, but your other trainees, you never know. Now they are judging on your credibility. Yeah, that's and that's one of the worst things to happen when you're trained. I see, I see. Well, um, in terms of this topic as well, uh, I think we have to also consider, is it related to DNI? Well, as we generally talk about it, or is it something else entirely? They're, they're all they're all uh, they're all interrelated, uh, Kevin. It cannot be different from it. It cannot be a different. Um, it is an embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. It cannot be completely a different entity, which it is not, right? So DNI particularly talks about inclusion. Particularly talks about uh, celebrating diversity, and. Precisely, a trainer should be very happy with diversity in the classroom. It's such an amazing thing to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. For example, if I have a person who is senior and has experience, make that person almost like your ally, uh, you know, your ally in the training room, almost like co-facilitator in the training room. At the same time. Don't overdo it because you have some pressures also that you have to address to. And you have to get the energy from the pressures. You have to utilize that, bring in that power from the pressures. Because they're energetic, they're curious right now. So use that curiosity in the classroom. Everybody is bringing in different flavor. For example, I had a classroom which was just last year, Kevin, when we started going completely virtual and training night shift. Uh, my my fellow trainers uh, were part of my team. A shout out to them, Bernice Manal and Cheddar Trinidad did so mm-hmm. well in managing trainees who were from North America, mm-hmm. from UK, you know, from Australia. So we got trainees from all over the world. So our content that we were talking about of 
jokes, what do we crack? And I crack a lot of jokes. You know? If I'm in the training program, I'm not laughing. I don't like it. <laughs> so I, I, I usually talk about, you know, food. Of course, uh-huh. my favorite topic, and everybody laughs at it. And I always tell people that I look like Tom Cruise. We were twin brothers. We got separated at birth. And uh, you know, everybody was thinking, will Tom Cruise make everyone laugh? And actually, it made everybody laugh, thankfully, because. I look at Tom Cruise, and you can see the face, right? So the match is there. Well, quite clear. You agree with that, though? <laughs> I want to give a yes or no. <laughs> so it works. You have to now when you pick up a celebrity, you have to think of a celebrity that works with all. So that is the diversity that you have to be really cognizant about. That is the content that you have to be cognizant about. Mm-hmm. When it comes to larger. Content that you're talking about. For example, behavior is the same everywhere. Behavior is the same. Adaptability is the same everywhere. It's universal truth, you know. And remember that in training sessions, we are not talking about. Uh, we could be talking about microcultures, but largely now, if you're if you're going for a diverse classroom, mm-hmm. go for as much as possible universal themes and macro level, as much as possible. So, for example, when you're discussing food, you should appreciate all the food. Never berate any cuisine. Never be biased. Be very, yeah, yeah. very careful about that. Rather than think, oh, you know, don't make those faces. First of all, oh, I don't like shrimp. Oh, I don't like food. How can people eat meat? <laughs> you have to respect. Yeah, you yeah. You have to respect. You know. So respect for the individual remains the key here, and inclusion definitely. DNI. Definitely remains of great importance, Kevin, because you have to invite new ideas. Diversity brings in new ideas, right? Yeah, yeah. So design thinking, uh, user experiences, all of this, this celebrate diversity because it brings in new ideas, new values, new thoughts, and that's what is driving us today. I see. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, DNI works hand in hand with diversity, or uh, diversity in the classroom rather. Uh, and you cannot really put that away. And it's it's going to be there whether you like it or not. Now, what well, we talked about the classroom, right? We talked about the setups. We talked about the trends before and today. Now let's talk about the behind the scenes. Right, the things that we do behind the training uh, execution itself. Now, how is content creation uh, affected when we transitioned into virtual classroom? Uh, has it impacted the kind of content that we use or the strategies that we use? Yep, a lot. A lot. <laughs> a, lot. a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. Oh my god. Um, when when we really got into the, um, you know. Gearing self, gearing ourselves up, mm-hmm. and preparing for the pandemic virtual classroom mode, we were not ready. We realized we were not ready. Why do I say that? Is because the games, the activities, you know, that we had were all for the physical classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was the mode of uh, creating groups. You know. A lot of the training material that we have in the content, we write a lot of group activities. So, especially the content creators put in group activities because these are experiential learning methodology. And for adult learning, 
the experiential learning methodology works the best. You have to give them tasks and give them thoughts to work on and to create. So self-learning happens. And it's, it's more like on-the-job learning, you know. So while we did that, how do we create groups now? Where do we where do we tell the people, hey, you know, you go into your corner in virtual classroom, you go into your corner in virtual classroom. It was just crazy. Yeah. And then the the apps, the platforms were still developing. So I remember we were using MS Teams. And MS Teams at that time did not have what we now call breakout rooms. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 only uh, one well once uh, a cyber location <laughs> you cannot break yes. them up you cannot break them up into their own cyber locations so you had them all centrally placed mm-hmm. and you want to give them a group activity so the content have to be changed there's no group activity anymore for some time till the time you did not get the uh, the business to acquire the paid model for zoom which has breakout rooms paid models for webex Cisco WebEx, which has breakout rooms, you know. So the paid models are definitely expensive and cost intensive, but at the same time, while they did have cost, they gave you a lot more. Yeah. A very simple thing, Kevin. I must tell you, in the content, it was written. So I remember doing this uh, behavioral class where we were talking about, you know, uh, how do you inspire with the communication. And in that, there's an activity, very simple thing is that the trainer elicits ideas from the classroom. So the content writer has written, trainer elicits ideas from the classroom mm-hmm. and from the participants and writes them down on the board. Are you getting me? Such a simple thing. Yeah. We took it for granted in the physical classroom. In the virtual classroom, that writing is so difficult. <laughs> I have to tell you. So for all my trainer friends, if you are comfortable with the whiteboard that is there, the digital whiteboard, ah, yeah, in yeah. different apps, even in Zoom we have that, when you're doing the screen share, I am so glad that, I, I mean, I'm happy for you and kudos to you for those who can use it well. I had a challenge. I had a challenge. My fellow trainers, uh, one of them was so good with it and learned the rope so quick. I must give it to uh, that person. I've already mentioned the name, but he's learned the rope so well and overnight and was able to do it well but you know um, I had to also learn it so gradually I'm definitely there now but yes that was very very challenging so content had to be changed again the mode of training has changed Kevin Mm -hmm. when the mode of training has changed the things that you do in that training and things that you can achieve the outcome from will also change so the way you do the activities and what activities you do also change now in breakout rooms you still don't get that feeling of the classroom right even if you're able to create groups and spread them across you have the experience right you have also done that yeah yeah so you have to go to each of the breakout rooms you can enter them when you go to one breakout room you're not listening to the other at all so you're disconnected. So as a trainer, imagine how difficult it is now. It has become all the more challenging, time-consuming to actually get into each group, breakout room, listen to what they're doing. Are they following the right process? 
are they reaching the consensus together are they really working in the right manner you help them out guide them come out of there go to the other people while in a classroom you could just walk around and you know what discussions are happening yeah and yeah you know you pick it up and go guys good job but you know i want you to also focus on this aspect now no more it's quite difficult to do that all of a sudden or right off the bat yeah all right well uh I think also when you have uh, when you have uh, experience teaching in a virtual classroom you will notice the activities and the strategies that you have to do changes as well because I remember when I taught uh, a, a communications class right or we training how can I do group uh, activities if I cannot physically separate them things like that right you started thinking about those things like how can i deliver this kind of activity if i can't physically show them things like that uh cool. so, so you ha- you really have to adjust everything when it comes to planning uh for a virtual classroom now let's talk about the participants it the, the setup change the way we prepare the classes change now has the participants changed as well or rather Are they now aware that uh, diversity in the virtual classroom is present and, and it's changing now? Are they aware or how can we make them aware? Or should we even make them uh, be aware of this? I think a great question. Because uh, today, this could be a challenge, an opportunity, and actually a greater opportunity to bring in the world together, if I may say so. You know, mm-hmm. to become more aware about who all do I live with on this planet. I'm going so deep. Why? Because a lot of the times when we would be joining a training session, we could see each other in the classroom. We knew who was sitting with me. We knew, okay, that guy. Okay, that guy. All right, that girl. Okay, that person. You know. So we knew. Now. I cannot see, I can only see some names. Mm-hmm. If they don't go on video, I cannot see their faces. If in case they have a picture that has been placed in their profile, I can only see that. <laughs> Why is it so important? It's important because when I go into the breakout room, I don't know who am I talking to. Yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. at a participant's level, Kevin, the adaptability that they have shown. The agility that the participants have shown is immense. You know, we should really give the credit to all the trainees that we get, all the participants that we get, who are eager to learn. And you know, the the fun part is they are more eager to learn now, right? They are more eager to learn now. They they are they are willing to learn now. They are willing mm-hmm. to learn in the virtual world. In fact, they have learned the beauty of virtual world is that uh, there's less changes that they need to make. Some of the participants are telling me after this one year of experience, is that you know now we like virtual training. Now the only concern, our only concern is what if we are asked to go back to the office? <laughs> yeah, actually, there have been some people who have requested for them to stay, you know, permanently. Uh, in a yeah. work from home setup, I, I, I have experience. I have seen people like that or employees like that. <laughs> so, do you make them aware? Yes. 
mm-hmm. how do you make them like that first of the things that a trainer can do is definitely you don't call out anyone first you don't do that never as a trainer uh you don't make anybody feel oh you know today we have a north american with us today we have a canadian with us you don't say that and you don't say out the name you don't say hey today we have kevin from uruguay or we have abhishek from germany because we are not doing a pageant show here yeah. you know as a trainer you're not doing a pageant show some trainers are very excited and they want to do the pageant show you know yeah yeah i've said those before avoid doing that how do you do that but you have to tell them yes you should do that you should do it in a very gentle way in a very genteel manner which is uh which is like more of conversational and in the past so you say all right so today we have participants from uruguay we have participants from germany we have participants from canada north america we have participants from manila philippines you know just because i get excited i do that for philippines by the way so <laughs> i say mabuha sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I so, see I see yeah yeah namaste for india it's absolutely fine if you add in that energy be respectful and do not call out an individual but yeah. you can definitely say where are your participants from do not do not put in awkward terms here um and i think this is my urge to all the trainers please it is not fun to talk about lgbtq plus 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 uh in 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 a fun manner even if you know that person even if you talk to that person every day mm-hmm. and you are mm-hmm. best friends your training ground now is not limited to the the people that you used to get trained with or that you spent time with it's now unlimited your expanse of trainees and your participants is unlimited so your credibility uh, all the time i'm telling all the trainers please keep maintain your credibility of being a universal trainer very very important i see calling on people saying that uh, you know don't call out anybody's comorbidities very very important you know uh, especially in the times like these definitely not mm-hmm. uh, there there could be a trainee who could be joking there could be trainee who could be having fun you have to learn to control and you have to understand the personality and behaviors of course there there's a different conversation we can have on that how to manage different personalities in the classroom so you have to understand to simmer them down rather than cooking them up in the pressure yeah 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 i mean i don't i don't think anyone wants to be in the spotlight at the beginning yeah. of uh, any event yeah. right or uh, i i don't think anyone wants to be forced into the spotlight without them yeah. knowing that it's coming <laughs> true true all right i see so yeah maybe we just have to be more careful with how we treat their differences right uh yeah. it's okay to what what's the right term it's okay to acknowledge it Right? Technology? Yes. Yeah. Acknowledge But it. let's okay. let, let's stay there. <laughs> let's not yeah. put them into in the pedestal or, or in the in the spotlight. Let's let's True. just stay there. <laughs> oh, I think your camera went around. Yeah, I I'm just looking at it. <laughs> What's happening? All right. 
but we're experiencing some uh, technical difficulties. But uh, while we'll, uh, while we're fixing Mr. Abby's uh, camera, don't forget to like, share, and follow us in our social media pages and also our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. And uh, if you missed some of our episodes from uh, the previous weeks you can actually watch them again there we upload all of our videos of the trainers lounge in the youtube or in our youtube page uh circle logica group and while we're here let's just check some of our uh watchers or viewers rather oh we have paula He's on. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you so much for uh, checking in uh, to our show. All right, and also, also here we have one here from. Uh, ah, we have a question here. All right, so uh, we'll well we'll discuss your questions by the end of the discussion. And uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, well give light on uh, your questions. All right. Let's see. Is Mr. Avi okay? Hmm. All right. All right. All right. Okay. There you go. I think Mr. Avi has come back. <laughs> Mr. Abby, can you hear me? Challenges. Uh, yeah, well, technology when you need it. There you go. Okay, can you hear me? Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Right? Yeah, I can okay. see you. All right. Okay. So did you switch you devices? I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, technology when you need it, as they say. Yes. Yes, as you need it and when you need it, it's always there. So I'm glad at least I have devices that can replace each other. All right. I always keep a backup device. Okay. So oh. yeah, we were talking about, uh, before that rude interruption, we were talking about, uh, you know, awareness. We were talking about how people should be cognizant and careful about respecting each mm -hmm. other. I think that is the most important part here, Kevin is that uh, respect as i said earlier respect for individual it comes from within it comes from the culture that we are in it comes from the people that we are in and you know who creates the culture us yeah you know yeah. who creates the community us. us so we have to start so if we feel that there is generalization happening and i want to join in that generalization i've made my first mistake I've made my first mistake by thinking that I have to join. I don't have to join. I have to challenge the status quo. Is what I have to join. Wow, that that's, is the thought that I need to. That's that's actually something uh, to ponder upon next time we handle a diverse classroom. Well, okay. Well, uh, it is yeah. It is important for them to understand that things are different now and the way we handle things or the way we conduct things are different now and um i think it's now better for us to understand as well the trainer's uh view or the trainer's side when it comes to this uh, transition although it's been happening for a year now <laughs> uh well for a trainer how does how does one uh, get to know about 
diverse trainees? What what are the things that you can uh, advise them? Right. For example, he has to he has to handle a batch, and sh- uh, should he go out and um, focus on their diversity, or should he focus on treating them as a whole, just to, uh, uh, in order to finish the class? First of all, the trainer needs to be cognizant of what are you training and who all is the course open to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you, your training gets open and when you decide about your participants, uh, is it open to people across the globe? Is it open to only restricted to certain region? Uh, is it open within certain region? Is it open to everyone? Right. That's the step one. And you should prepare every content in such a way. Now remember, content is already there. What really I want the trainers to prepare for is a little chica chica that they would add, <laughs> you know, uh, a little conversational um, yeah, yeah, yeah. points that they will add, right? So for that, my suggestion will be to look at the participant list. Always ensure that at least two to three days before your session, you have your participants list. Mm-hmm. You can go through the participants list. You can understand uh, who are the participants, um, if possible, where are they from, if that's possible. Like in my organization, it is possible to know where are they from, but you don't get to know the demographics. So for data privacy, of course, we ensure that uh, at no point in time, anybody knows what age are they. You know, um, we don't really have to know the gender of that person, right? Because you have to respect all the genders. Yeah. So it's not that, hey, I don't have girls in this training room. I can abuse, you know, or I have uh, a lot of girls in this training room. So we can talk a lot about pageants now. No, that's again, generalization of both types. And we have to avoid those generalizations. So just understand who are they? Where are they from? I think that's enough for us. Also, remember, uh, as I said earlier, you know, Kevin, that even if you know where are they from, you never know what they're going to be into, right? You never know if, if they're really from that place. <clears throat> so one of the key distinctions to make here is to understand that your content should address everyone. Your content should be universal. Again, I'm repeating, mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. content should be universal. Uh, the examples that you use for example if you're training on culture so you're training on for example you're training Filipinos or Indians or uh, Pakistanis or Sri Lankans you know you're training them on Australian culture Australian culture remains the same right yeah so Australian culture remains the same you have to focus on Australian culture now don't get into comparative analysis too much. You know, in Australia, it is like this. In Philippines, it is like that. In India, it is like that. In Sri Lanka, then you will have a host of comparisons that you will have to make. Yeah, so see, you I have see. to really define which mode uh, do you want to take or what kind of training methodology you want to use in your training class. Now, for this session, if you decide as a trainer, okay, let's say we have a trainer here who says, No, I like to do that comparison between cultures when I'm talking to them. Also because comparison shows similarity. So some people like to do that, you know. And yes, that's a good idea. So now how do you do that? You take one example of each culture that you think will be part of your session, right? And 
in the audience if you feel there is not much interest in that you should have a backup ready for example i am talking about sri lankan culture and i don't have anybody from sri lanka who logged in today and did not attend the session today so i should have a backup of some example from filipino culture because i see more participants from philippines today or i see more participants from china today or i see more participants from uh, again going back to my favorite uruguay today <laughs> <laughs> i see i see all right well um it is a nice way to get around it i think right uh just to make sure to be prepared and well informed i guess I th- and, and i think no trainer wants to go into a training session without you know checking at least who are the participants and uh what they're composed of but yeah if you can get into much more research of who they are what they are or their profile is i think that will be yeah that will be best uh for That's you true. especially if, especially in handling uh diverse classrooms all right well uh, I, i'm sorry i want to add here mm-hmm. sorry sorry i just want to add one more thing here gamification has taken a new leap ah yeah gamification uh, I... gamification has taken a new leap <laughs> it's actually bringing people together mm-hmm. we thought that virtual gamification will probably be very difficult and it will create a lot of uh, probably different challenging levels and people may not be aligned but gamification actually brought people together we went back to the old times where we used to show pictures to people we used to show videos to people and present and audio files are being presented now uh, there are there are tools like mentimeter mentimeter does not care where are you from <laughs> you can go to the website it's on internet yeah, and yeah. log in and use it you know uh, today th- there is a lot that is happening in terms of gamifying the the programs uh, people have started using improv Kevin, I've personally learned improv because I was very intrigued of how it is being done in the virtual space, uh-huh. and so I went into learning it. Sorry, I'm not able to make the device too stable here. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can see continuously, I'm just playing around with it or moving it. Uh, yeah, that was one of those challenges. Um, Zoom is, you know, is is a, is an interesting gamification tool as well because. Uh, some of the paid versions of Zoom also have where you can share the screen, you can play a game. Uh, Facebook has that. In yeah. Facebook, you know, you can gamify, you can play a game. So a lot of gamification is coming into play right now. In fact, gamification and the second word I'm going to make, Kevin, is simulations. Simulations are creating the entire ambience. Yeah, know? yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know simulations, right? The simulations are actually what's again bringing the diversity. So you will have people from you know different walks of life. I'll say that. Let's keep diversity to different walks of life. So people from different walks of life in the same training program and uh, learn together and see that wow. So. So imagine everybody is going through that simulation exercise, right? That business simulation exercise, and everybody gives different responses, and you will be wondering what amazing responses you get there, and how people respond to technology. And simulations have become so good now, Kevin. Oh my God, I love simulations <laughs> now. 
uh, even for behavioral sessions. Have so you have happy. you tried simulations yeah. before or yeah, vir yeah. virtual reality? Yes, uh, not yeah, kind of virtual reality. Yeah, it is. It is actually without wearing the you know <laughs> the glasses. So we have only done simulations, uh, of course, on the computer. And there's a there's a, there's actually a company called Nonescape which does really good simulations. So um, a lot of their simulations are very beneficial for leadership programs, agile programs. So again, take up a simulation. I would request the companies if there are any uh, training company leaders who are listening to me invest in simulations invest in gamification you know so all your challenges of virtual classroom management virtual uh, focus managing focus of the trainees in the classroom yeah, those things can help um, those things are those things are going to take care of it <laughs> and it will become more uh, they'll become more accountable because when uh -huh. you play a game you take ownership when you get into a simulation and that's an exercise, you're, everybody's given a task to do there. It's a group activity. Again, accountability. It's yours, yeah. It's yours. yours. So accountability really brings in the focus sometimes. Sometimes, I'll say, not say all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, actually, you know, well, just a sneak peek, gamification is going to be one of the topics that we will discuss here in the trainers lounge but yeah uh just a sneak peek i think yeah gamification is a great way for us to address uh, some of the challenges that we have since we transitioned into the virtual classroom all right all right well thank you so much uh i think that the, those are all the questions that we have for today and uh well, let's not forget our audience. I see some comments and questions here. Uh, let's try to discuss or give some light uh, about those. So, uh, so, Mr. Mikkel here said, Any tips or best practices on conducting virtual training with audiences uh, coming from multiple countries? I think this yep. is something in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually discussed that already. We talked about yeah, yeah. Uh, Uruguay, Germany, and you know different countries that you come from. The, the easiest thing to do there is, uh, Mr. Mikhail, is to ensure that uh, you appreciate that they come from these countries. So without, as I mentioned earlier, don't call them out, single, don't single them out. Uh, don't say that, you know, hey, Kevin is from Germany. Rather than say that, great to have people from Germany, from Uruguay, from Brazil. <clears throat> so compliment that. And mm -hmm. at the same time, when you are discussing some examples, just look into your examples again, are they universal or not? Now, remember something like rice. I'm, I'm just giving examples of food to see how, how hungry I'm all. <laughs> so, so when you're talking about rice, rice is universal, my friend. You can talk about rice all the time. But I cannot talk about, for example, an Indian bread called chapati or roti. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yes, I heard about those. <laughs> So it's not universal. But yeah, yeah, not, not a lot of people will know about that. Not a lot of people, you know. Uh, I mean, I know people from Middle East. So if there's somebody who's coming from United Arab Emirates, if there's somebody who's coming from, let's say, Qatar, Doha, they would know about this. Group. Not everybody. I should not expect everybody to know about them. Now, similarly, uh, sometimes in, um, in our conversations, we talk about uh, technology like, for example, or let me give you an example of TikTok. TikTok is so popular now. TikTok is in every country. If you go to TikTok, you'll find people from every culture there. 
TikTok does not care which country or culture you're from until and unless the the country or culture or the government of that country has not put a ban on TikTok. There have been countries like that. <laughs> there have been countries, yeah. yeah. Those who did that, yes. We had India as one of those countries. <laughs> so, but but there are a lot of Indians, so it's a, it's not a problem. So when you are giving examples of some virtual uh, tools or some virtual programs, uh, of course selection has to be made. So go online, search, do some research. You know, if you're already working with different cultures, do some research. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I tell people is if you can change your greeting, you start with saying good morning, good evening. But if you can put up a slide, up just one slider in the beginning when you're saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you put up a slide where you have a greeting in each language that you think oh. is uh, is in the classroom today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very yeah. simple thing, you know, like if you put mabuhai, you put namaste, you put. Um, uh, so you know all of these different words bonjour just just a combination and you can get it on google easily so it's free <laughs> to use it's free to use to search for free to use always you know, when you're searching for yeah yeah tech. yeah i see all right well thank you so much for that next we have here from reset uh well she's asking what if sensitive topics are being raised in class by a trainee Right, not by you, but by a trainee. How do you acknowledge sensitive questions without offending other trainees' beliefs? I think this is one of those things where, uh, maybe unconsciously, they did not know that it's offen- that it is offensive with the other uh, participants' cultures. But yeah, how do we de-escalate that? How do we handle that? So as I said, you have to simmer it down. Now we are talking about how do we simmer it down. Well. Gently, you put the lid. First of all, acknowledge it. And if they're talking about, for example, they're talking about anything on earth that you don't want to be discussed in this classroom, <clears throat> because you know it may lead to challenges. Mm-hmm. You tell them that. Thank you for that question. I think that's a that's that's a beautiful question. But we'll take it offline. I think we'll not discuss it here because it may just get longer, and uh, we have the entire content to complete. So, with respect of time, I'll take another question, which will be directly linked to the content. As much as possible, bring their focus back to the content of the training. Whenever you think that it is getting sidetracked by discussions, which may lead to only problems and challenges, so avoid those challenges. Avoid that part for yourself. Bring the focus back to the content of the program. I see. I think yeah. Stick to the functional knowledge. Mm-hmm. I is. I think as trainers as well, right? We sometimes forget that we have the power to turn down questions or things that are happening that aren't really part of the plan. We have that power, right? And if uh, if a trainee asks something that is maybe kind of related but is offensive, maybe we can use that excuse or we'll we'll say, oh, I think we're stirring off a little bit. Let's go back to the question. But thank you for raising that, and I think that's a discussion for another day. It's just a, it was just a simple script like that. Very true. Nothing, Very true. nothing too offensive. You did not, uh, well, you did not directly decline their question or ignore their yep. question. But yes, yeah, still, yep. we have the power to control the topics, uh, the things that are happening uh, during the training session itself. All right. Absolutely. All right. So, um, Sir Mikael and uh, Miss Rosette, I hope. 
uh, we were able to shed some light into your questions and uh, uh, I think that's all for today uh, Mr. Avishak thank you so much for joining us in today's episode I had fun I learned a, a lot of things and uh, maybe things to explore as well um, and thank you so much as well for sharing your uh, experiences, your thoughts, and your ideas to our audiences. If you want to promote something or to share something with us, uh, you may free. You are free to do so. Okay, so well, Tata is hiring. So if anybody is interested, we have posted a lot of hiring opportunities from Tata Consultancy Services Philippines. Mm-hmm. Do look for that. We are hiring for financial and accounting. We are hiring for HR recruitment positions so there's opportunities at galore go ahead and do that wow. also i have a suggestion for you know these tough times kevin mm-hmm. i wanted to end by saying this for the trainers specifically because you're managing a lot of diversity you're managing a lot of people in the training room and you have to make sure that they're skilled they're upskilled they're cross-skilled uh, we create more competent workforce we create more competent leaders at all levels, um, I have a suggestion. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself some coaching. Get yourself some, uh, you know, some. Go ahead and maybe learn something about life coaching. Maybe pick up a course which is online, which is available for free, you know, or read about it. Coach yourself. Take care of yourself. Your mental well You know, your mental wellness is very, very important. And uh, and have fun, have fun in the training. You know, your best gift that you can offer to your trainees and your participants is your smile, your genuinity, your respect that you bring to the trainees. And go ahead and bring that smile out, have some fun, enjoy because you're a passionate trainer. So keep your passion alive, okay, take care. Wow, that was so nice. So life coaching, yeah. I, I'm actually started. I actually started looking into it, and yeah, I believe it will. It is very beneficial for us, especially during these hard times. Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Mr. Abhishek. Uh, I hope we can uh, still invite you again to this show. Maybe in the future we'll have some new topics to talk about. Uh, I hope your door is always open for us uh, or for you to join us here. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, to all of our viewers, thank you so much as well. Uh, Thank you so much again. And goodbye for now, Mr. Abhishek. And see you next time. Take care. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everyone. Have a safe day and stay safe. Thank you. All right. And there you go. That was Mr. Abhishek Chatterjee. And uh, uh, wow, uh, a lot of information for today. <laughs> well, yeah, even though it's a new thing for us, even though it's a, it's, a, it's a new thing for a lot of industries, it's best to be adapted to the new normal. It's best uh, to be adapted and, you know, prepare ourselves in the new setting. We mean, well... We don't know when we'll go back to the normal uh, ways of doing things, but I think it's also best for us to prepare ourselves and our companies and our skills, you know, for the new normal. And that's all for the episode of a Trainer's Lounge today. And see you next week, this Wednesday, same time. Uh, same schedule same place here in facebook and don't forget to like share subscribe and follow our pages again our videos are available at 
YouTube, you can check our page there, Circological Group. On Facebook, you can also check our page, Circological Group, and also CLDP Philippines. That's all for me. Again, my name is Kevin, and this is the Trainer's Lounge. Goodbye for now.